I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. Each week I speak to an Olympic champion, a Paralympic champion, a world champion, a world record holder or a world number one to find out what they do differently from the rest of us to be the very best in their sport. And we learn all of the lessons that they have gone through in their life to be the best so we can extract it and help improve our everyday lives or our sporting ambitions as well. And so far we've spoken to over 110 different sports superstars. And this week I've got another fantastic guest for you. I'm delighted to say that we will be speaking to Alyssa Seeley. Alyssa is the gold medalist from the Rio Paralympic Games in the Paratriathlon and she is an incredible competitor, a two-time world champion in the sport as well and she talks about all about her change into becoming a Paralympian before she was a, a triathlete and then unfortunately she actually lost her left leg, it was amputated below the knee in 2013. But she didn't let that stop her, and that's why she became the Paralympic champion in 2016. And she tells us all about her story, tells us all about what has helped her become the very best in the world. And it is a fantastic chat with the lady who grew up and studied in Arizona State. Uh, I really enjoyed speaking to Alyssa. So I think we should pretty much just get to it. Let's learn from the very best, the paratriathlon Paralympic gold medalist, it's Alyssa Seeley. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Alyssa Seeley, welcome to the Best in the World with Richard Parr, a two-time world champion, a Paralympic champion in paratriathlon. So great to have you on the program and we were just talking before we started this conversation by the fact that you grew up and lived in Arizona State and I I went to Phoenix a few years ago in Arizona and I wasn't expecting to but I absolutely loved it is that something which normally happens and you normally hear about yeah I think um I mean, I love being from Arizona. It's so diverse. And I think um, people think Arizona is just like a desert with like sand and tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But when you get there, it's amazing. We have so many mountains and so many different climates. I mean, we have, I mean, I live in the desert and an hour and a half away, there's snow in the winter and a few hours away, there's an ocean. So it's just really cool. It's a really cool place to be from. Um, the weather's pristine nine months out of the year. So I, you know, it's one of my favorite places in the world for sure. Mm, I think I stayed at, I think it was called the Mission Palms Hotel in, in Tempe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> what an incredible um, hotel that was. Yeah, it was right by... So I went to Arizona State University for school. It's right up in that same area. Mm, yeah, because there's also... Uh, on my bucket list is to go to the golf tournament you have in Arizona as well, where everyone goes uh, crazy. Yes, the Phoenix uh, Waste Management Open. <laughs> yeah. It's... Um, it's quite the party, that's for sure. <laughs> it, it looks like not too much people, uh, golf aficionados and more more party goers, for sure. Oh, definitely. I'm, I have not been personally, but I, <laughs> we, we see the fanfare every year. So, <laughs> so obviously, you're, you're now a, a Paralympic star. And, and you mentioned to me uh, before we started this conversation that you're, you're now living in, in Colorado, Colorado Springs. Why did you make that decision to move? Um, so after Rio, I transitioned. I made a transition in coaches um, so that I had an elite group to train with day in and day out. And so the coach that I ended up interviewing and um, hiring lived in Colorado Springs and his elite team trained out here. Um, so that was really the, the big drawing force was having, you know, people with the same dreams as me that are training day in and day out and people to chase in the pool and on the run and the bike and having a coach that was super knowledgeable in the elite world. And so that was the big draw. Uh, another huge plus about being up in Colorado Springs, um, in the U S we have our Olympic training center here. So there's a lot of resources from sports dietitians and physiologists and um, sports psychologists and all of that, as long as with the high altitude. And so all of those things really played a um, key parts in making my decision to move. Mm, so <laughs> you move, but you were already a two-time world champion and a Paralympic champion. So what have you learned now with this uh, elite coach and this elite group? Um, you know, I think that the biggest thing I learned is you have to keep changing to keep improving. You can't just do the same thing day in and day out. Um, and having, having somebody who has really like immersed themselves in this world and, you know, their whole job is working with elite athletes has, has been a key, um, to my success. So, um, yeah, it's just been, it's a different environment, um, one that's served me well so far and one I continue to look forward to training in. Mm, fantastic. Do you miss being in Arizona a lot? I do. I miss Arizona, especially when it's snowing here in Colorado. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 75 and sunny in Arizona right now. I wish I could be there, but um, I have the, you know, it's not too far away. It's only about a two hour plane plane trip so i have the opportunity to go back quite frequently and get some training in down there as well yeah so it's it's the best of both worlds oh fantastic now i'd like to maybe then start from the beginning a little bit about about your early life growing up were you always interested in sport i was i was always interested in sport um i was always very keen of running um and i was always pretty 
pretty good at it starting at a pretty young age. We have um, something called a turkey trot that we do near Thanksgiving time here. And um, you do it at schools or with your community. And um, I just, you know, remember it being like my favorite day of the year as a kid, just getting to go out and run as fast as I could for as long as I could. Um, it was just, it was just so much fun. I've never heard of that before, Alyssa. Turkey, you're not carrying turkeys doing this, no? No, you don't. So it's usually like on Thanksgiving morning or like a day or two before Thanksgiving. Um, and it's called a turkey trot because the winners get a turkey for Thanksgiving dinner. So, um, I earned a turkey a few times as a kid for my family, and so it was it was pretty cool. It was the first thing I ever won, a turkey. Oh, fantastic. I hope there wasn't too much family pressure for, from your parents there of, you better go win that turkey. We haven't ordered anything Not at yet. all. Not at all. I think they just kind of stood around. I mean, the parents just love to stand around and watch and laugh, you know, as, as kids, like, sprint as fast as they can and then like end up like dying and fading off and so it's a really fun community event it just brings a lot of people together it's all it's all for fun um there's usually like a you know food drive or charity drive or something that goes along with it so just really there to support the community and bring everybody together are you naturally a competitive person very much so yes (laughs) (laughs) are you the one who who can't lose at a game of cards or, or things like that Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you admit it, and, and that's what made you become the best in the world, I suppose. Yes, I'm very competitive with, you know, sports, games, anything, but I'm even more competitive with myself. Um, and I think that's really what has drove me to excellence is, you know, in every workout, in every race, I want to do better than I did the last time. Um, so even though I really enjoy competing against other people, it's really that competition, that inner competition, that competition against myself, I think that's helped me succeed. Oh, that's really interesting. So in like a, a training session, you, you're wanting to beat what you did yesterday, for example. Yeah. Um, I love training sets or like testing sets where I get to do the same set every six or eight weeks. And like, then I can really focus on like beating where I was, you know, a month ago or two months ago. Um, I love training sets like that, and they just really drive me to be better. Oh wow! So let's go back. So you then you go to study at Arizona State University. Yes. What were you studying? Um. So I studied um, biology and psychology. Uh, my gr- degrees are in genetics, cell, and developmental biology, and then also in psychology. Um, and then I went on to earn a, de- a graduate degree um, in exercise wellness and exercise psychology. Wow, all sounds like things which would help in what you're doing now. Um, what, what about the psychology side? Is there anything which you think you may have learned then which has helped you with the success that you've had as a paratriathlete? Um, I focused more, um, instead of on like competitive sport, I focused more on um, the things that or the reasons why or if there's any psychological traits that make people more apt to exercise or not exercise. Um, and I learned a lot about like resilience and discipline and motivation and how those differences um, really can drive somebody to participate or not participate in exercise. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of those lessons were applicable to what I do um, in some sense. So, it, it was really cool to kind of gain a different 
understanding of it. Oh, wow. Um, I, don't, I don't want you to give me a whole thesis, but could you just maybe tell us a bit more about that? Because obviously someone like me who wants to go to the gym after this interview and it's already going thinking about excuses I can make to myself, but no, I need to go. Like, what are some of the things you learned there? I think the most, uh, the most important thing that I kind of relay to people is like, there's a very big difference between motivation and discipline. Um, motivation is something that comes or goes for all of us. I mean, even as a professional athlete, I don't wake up every morning and I'm like, yes, let's do this. Let's go run 10 miles. Um, but there's a lot of mornings that that motivation is there. And so discipline's the part that, you know, that steps in when the motivation's not there. Um, and if you can't find, you know, if it's the motivation's gone for long periods of time, there's a reason for that. Maybe you need to try a different form of exercise. Maybe there's a different sport out there that you'll enjoy more. Or um, So it's really, you know, about finding what you love and what you enjoy and what's going to motivate you. Um, and then once you've found that, you're not going to be motivated every single day. And so that's when the discipline comes in and you, you know, you have to just drag yourself to the gym and get it done. And once you get started, you, you start, you know, you're like, oh, I'm glad I did this. But, um, yeah, so I think just, you know, it's a combination of the two that kind of get people to get active and stay active. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm much more motivated when I'm playing football with other people or I'm in a in a gym group session than I am when I have to go off and do weights by myself or go for a run by myself. I know that I'm pushing myself a lot harder when I'm around people. So it's interesting to think like that. Um, so it was during your um, time at, at university, correct me if I'm wrong here, where your your life did change with your health problems and um ultimately you needed your your leg amputated could you just tell us a little bit about what happened to you there please Alyssa yeah so i was in um i was at the end of the year end of my first year at university um i started having a lot of neurological symptoms um numbness in my extremities trouble walking a lot of muscle weakness um, and I was diagnosed with a congenital brain and spine condition um, where my cerebellum herniated into my spinal column. Um, and because it, it, the diagnosis was delayed so long, it resulted in a traumatic brain injury and an incomplete spinal cord injury. Um, and that caused a lot of neurological deficits, which then led to the amputation of my left leg below the knee. Oh, my goodness. Um, who who are the, some of the people strongest around you at the time? Because that must have been a really difficult. Well, it's obviously a really difficult time. Um, yeah, I think you know I had great support from my grandma. She was always always there for me, and you know always always just was there to tell me that she believed in me and like that the diagnosis didn't change anything. It didn't change my dreams. It didn't change my goals, and most importantly, it didn't change who I was. Um, and I think that was one of the most important things I could have been told at that time in my life. Um, just because I had this new complex medical diagnosis, it didn't change who I was. It didn't change the athlete that I was, and it didn't have to change what I wanted to accomplish in life. Mm, absolutely inspiring. And you were competing again so quickly afterwards, weren't you? I was, um... I was very, very motivated to get back up and get get moving again. Um, 
prior to my surgeries, it had taken me off my feet for, for quite a while. And so when I finally had surgery and I started learning to walk again and swim again, I mean, all I really wanted to do was get out there and, and do triathlon again. Um, I told myself I didn't, you know, I didn't care if I was never going to, you know, become the elite athlete I dreamed of. All I wanted to do was be able to go out and enjoy the sport again with my friends and with my teammates. And so that was really my goal, just to get up and get back out there. Mm. And when did that goal change? Because what's so amazing with with you, Alyssa, is that what you achieved, you did in in such quick time is the fact that uh, I've I've got here that you're you had your leg amputated in 2013. Two years later, you're a world champion. It's absolutely amazing. Um, when did you then realize that I can beat everyone here? I can be the best in the world. Was there a moment? Was there a time? Um. So I. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Every day, you know, like I said, I really was competitive against myself and wanted to just beat myself every day. And so after I finished a triathlon, I was like, hey, that was, that was good. I wanted, you know, I wanted to do another one um, and do better. I wanted, then I wanted to qualify for nationals. Um, and when I qualified for nationals, I wanted to qualify for an international meet. When I did that, then I wanted to qualify for world championships. Um, and after qualifying for world championships, I was like, you know what, like I can win this, I can do this. Um, and so that's, that's what my goal became was winning world championships. And then, um, you know, that whole time I had my eye on, on going to Rio, that was a goal before my diagnosis was to become an Olympic athlete. And so that kind of always stayed in my mind. Um, and then when I won my first world championship, the goal to make it to Rio changed. I didn't want to just be there anymore. Like I wanted to be on top of that podium. Um, and, and that was something that drove me every day, like to be my best and to become better and to be, you know, really become the best in the world. Um, and it just, it motivated me. It drove me. It, it kept me, it kept me going on the days when it was hard. Um, I started, you know, when I was in a workout struggling, I, you know, I started saying to myself, like, this is what gold's made of. Like, these are the moments, the moments that are so hard, you want to quit. Like, this is what's going to get you there. Um, and just that, like, that little phrase kept me going um, and kept me working to accomplishing my goals. The the phrase being, these are the moments, right? Yeah, these yeah, these are the moments, or this is what gold is made of. This is what gold is made of. That's amazing. Um, so, going into Rio as a two-time... Uh, w- w- sorry, was the 2016 World Championship before the Rio Olympics? Were you a two-time it World Champion? Yeah, so you were going into Rio as a two-time World Champion. Did you feel pressure with that, or with that success that you've already achieved going into those games that everyone was expecting you to win? Um, you know, I think I, so I won my first world championship in 2015. I had won, um, a few races before that, starting in August of 2015 and remained undefeated all the way up going into Rio. Um, and you know, there was a lot of talk about it and I think people had thrown around that I was a favorite, but funny enough, on the day of Rio, I was the most at peace at a race that I had ever been. Um, I mean, I was so 
I knew I had done everything I possibly could to prepare the best that I could. Um, and I couldn't change that. Like I was where I wanted to be. I was as fit as I hoped to be. I was, you know, I was strong. I got my, I'd done all the work. I'd done everything I needed to do. And so that morning, the only thing left I could do was go out there and race. You know, there's so many things you can't control. I can't control what my competitors do that day. I can't control what happens in the environment or anything like that. And so I just focused on what I could control. And I just focused on all the work that I had put in and I was at peace with it. No matter what happened that day, I was going to be at peace with what I did to prepare and what I did to get there and what I accomplished. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of strange to say, but I really had no nerves. I was so excited. I just was ready to race. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. This week's Best in the World with Richard Part is brought to you by Audible. Audible is one of the leading suppliers of audiobooks in the whole world. Over 180,000 titles for you to choose from. If you would like to test out their service, you can do it for free thanks to the Best in the World with Richard Parr. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best. That's audibletrial.com forward slash best. And you can check out their service for 30 days. And that includes one free audiobook download. How cool is that? You can listen and learn for free, just like you do here on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. Lucky, lucky people. So that website, again, is audibletrial.com forward slash best. You can listen to an audiobook for free for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Go and check it out. All right, let's return to the conversation with Alyssa Seeley. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr.
I've spoken a few times on this podcast before about people being in the zone. Was that the case there? Or have you been in the zone before? Oh, 100%. I think... Um... I think as soon as I step onto the race course, I, you know, I find that zone, I find that spot and I'm able to tune the rest of the world out. Uh, you know, when I'm racing and when I'm working out, it's really just, it's me and what I'm doing. I'm able to stop focusing on everything around me. I mean, so much so that like, I don't even hear the crowd. I don't hear, I can see them, but I don't hear any, I don't hear the yelling. I don't hear the screaming. I don't, I just focus on what I need to. Um, I know where my coach is on the course. And I tune in for a moment to get what I need from them. And then I go right back to my, my space and my zone. And I just stay there um, and focus on each step, each stroke, each pedal stroke, each, you know, each little part as the race goes on. Does that immediately change when you cross the line? Um, it does. And um, in Rio, it changed. I can tell you exactly where it changed. It was about 200 250 meters from the finish, um, right about as like the blue carpet started. Um, when I knew that I had seen my coach and they were just like, go get it. And then I saw my brother and he was so excited and running and screaming and tripping over things and just like, you know, telling me it was mine and, and that. So at that moment, you know, a few hundred meters before the finish, it changed, and I was able to take all the surroundings in, all the noise, all the cheering, all the people. Um, and so I really feel like I, ha- you know, I got the experience of what it was like on that race course, even just in those last few hundred meters. Um, I, know what it I know what it felt like. So. Oh, that's amazing. So m- memories you'll have forever, right? For sure, for <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> there's some people I've spoken to who – it's all just a blur to them and they don't really remember so I'm I'm delighted that you can remember all of that that really special moment um you mentioned how great you felt before the race what is your typical pre-race routine like um I do the same thing before every race um some of it is pretty standard throughout triathlon we you know we travel I always bring the food that I want to eat on the plane with me. So I bring typically three meals on the plane with me, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Which are, um, which are what, Alyssa? What, what have we got there? What are uh, we eating? So I bring some yogurt that has strawberries, blueberries, granola, and a little bit of honey on it. Um, and then I bring some sliced carrots and sliced cucumbers and a sandwich with some peanut butter and some jam. And then I bring a salad with some sliced chicken and just a bunch of different vegetables, depending on what time it, what season it is, I guess. Um, so that's, you know, I bring my food, I bring my snacks. I also have trail mix, um, two different types of trail mix I bring on the plane. And um, so that I know I, I have what I need to be fueled and ready to go in that sense. Um, and then on the plane, I pretty much just like, veg out I watch movies I hang out I don't really do much occasionally I'll write some blogs or read some emails but um once I start traveling I really start focusing on that race um and kind of stop worrying about everything else that's going on um 
And then when we get to our destination, right when we get there, I always like to put my bike together first thing um, so that I know if there's any problems that I have ample amount of time to get it fixed. Um, if I, you know, so I always travel with extra parts, anything that I'm able to travel with. So if my derailleur was, was to break or a wheel was to break or something like that in travel, I could fix it and not be worried about it. Um, so I put my bike together, make sure it's all functioning and good. Um, and then depending on what time we get there, I'll either, either go for a quick spin on the bike or go for a run just to shake the, shake my legs out, get, you know, that plain feeling out and then start the next day with my pre-race training. And then we go into our meetings and our course previews where we get to see the swim course and the bike course and the run course. Um, we have our mandatory meeting and then it's race day. Um, so on the morning of the race, I I usually wake up two hours before we have to check in. Um, I have breakfast. I have oatmeal with apples and cinnamon in it and um, and some juice. And then I recheck everything, make sure, you know, recheck all my equipment and stuff that I packed the night before, recheck my bike, make sure everything's functioning again, tires are aired up and ready to go. And then I head down for warm-ups and to get ready. And then you go and win Paralympic gold or World Championship <laughs> gold. As easy as that. So what are the movies you watch then, Alyssa? Um, I love, like, animated movies. Disney movies are some of my favorite. Um, I also like some some of the sports movies, like Cool Runnings. Um, a lot of, like, nostalgic movies, I guess, from when I was a kid. Uh, Little Rascals. Um and then, and then you know, the one or two new movies that are out um, that are playing on the plane. Oh, superb. And what about music? Are you someone who listens to music, and, and does it help you in any way in your sport? You know, I um, I love to listen to music, but I don't listen to it when I'm working out. Um, one of my very first coaches told me to train how you race, taught me to train how you race, and really got me in the – got me to learn to be in the moment by focusing on my breath and the sound of my feet and the wind in my hair. And um, so now when I train, I don't listen to music. If music's on, I actually end up tuning it out so I can pay attention to my body um, and what I'm feeling and, you know, hear the feeling of my heartbeat, the feeling of my muscles and pay attention to that kind of stuff. Um, I, I save music more for uh, afterwards and in the car and on the plane or stuff like that. That sounds almost like meditative, the way you're talking about feeling how your body feels and how it's reacting. Is that something which is part of your life? It is. Um, it's definitely something that, again, I, I had no experience with until my coach had brought it up in college and really introduced it through sport. Um, and then years after I'd been essentially doing it in sport and focusing on, you know, my my body and my breathing and my everything and the environment that I was in um I did start adding meditation into my my daily life and in, and really into my recovery pattern after workouts oh fantastic so you're now in Colorado Springs you've got a, a new elite coach or with um other elite athletes but you're a two-time world champion you're a Paralympic champion what are the goals you've set for yourself now uh, you know, in the short term, my, my goal is to get back on the horse and be back on top of that world championship podium at the end of this year. So, um, and there's nothing, nothing 
better, you know, the only thing better than one Paralympic gold is two. So <laughs> that's what that's what I have my eyes set on for Tokyo is I, I want to be able to defend that medal and hear my anthem play again. So that's that's what I'm focused on. Well, fantastic. Well, I wish you all the success with that. It sounds like you're very... Uh focused driven lady and you've achieved amazing success already and um, before we go Alyssa could you just let us know where we could continue to follow your journey online if there's a website or any uh, social media and, and also if there's anything else you'd like to mention please yeah um so I you can find me online on my website it's alyssaseely.com um or on Facebook and Instagram both under Alyssa Seely. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of the best way to follow along my journey and cheer me on. I love, I love seeing all the support for support from followers and, you know, hearing what people have accomplished after hearing my story. So yeah, check me out, send me a message. Um, let me know that you made it out to the gym today or you accomplished something that you never thought you could. Um, and you stepped out of your boundaries. I love to hear stories like that. And yeah. Well, fantastic. You, you've been inspiring and it's been amazing to hear your story. Alyssa Seeley, thank you for being on the program and thank you for being the best in the world. Thank you so much for having me. It was great chatting today. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Wonderful stuff there from Alyssa if you're interested in triathlon sports, you might want to go back and listen to my conversation with Emma Snowsill. She's a former Olympic triathlon champion. Recently, I also spoke to the Ironman world record holder, Tim Don. He's got an incredible story. Speaking of incredible stories, I've also spoken to a few other Paralympic superstars, Alfonso Cunningham. He is a champion in both javelin and discus. That was the third ever episode, I think. And I've also spoken to Amy Mullins, a former world record holder in sprinting. So you can check out all of those episodes on iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio app. And you can click the subscribe button and you can also please give us a rating and review if you've got a few moments. It helps the algorithm and it helps other people know about the best in the world with Richard Parr. So I would love to get your perspective on the show. Maybe there's some questions you don't like me asking. Maybe I ask the same questions too often. Maybe there's some questions you feel I really should ask some of my guests. I'd love to get your feedback because effectively this is our show. We want to find out how we can improve our everyday life from the best people the best sports stars on the planet that's it for this week it's been fantastic to speak to Alyssa Seeley I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week the best in the world podcast with Richard Parr
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 